Welcome to the Get and Grit Podcast. I'm Brad Pohl, your host, and we are back again telling the stories of sinners and saints, hoping to put some rocks in your pocket that someday will turn into precious stones. Today we're sharing a story about giving an account for the hope that lies within you. Now it says this in the book of Hebrews. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For this reason, the ancients gave testimony by their lives, with their lives becoming saints in the process. Is it too much to ask that a man should be ready to give reason for the hope, the truth, and the belief that lies within his heart? This request, though, can seem pretty bold and challenging to someone if it has some sort of an air about it where you, you know they feel like you're sitting on their chest with your thumbs jammed in their eyeballs demanding an answer immediately. So how do we address this question? Several years back in my coaching career, I was asked to be an assistant baseball coach for a small college in Minnesota. Now, for my career, I was a football coach for 40 years. And as you would expect, coaches sometimes have disagreements with officials. And they can become both eventful and colorful. Arguing with an official is a sort of giving an account for the hope that lies within you. However... Only the coach really believes there's any real hope. In the process, all 100 to 105,000 fans, commentators, and TV viewers commonly believe that the coach has no hope in this process. Unless, of course, he can convince someone that an official review needs to be taking place. And, of course, this is just recently something that's happened within the game. However, the arguments made by a coach are usually founded on rule and logic. Even if the coach is wrong, to argue with an official about a situation within a game, he still is going to make a solid argument. Doing so without a solid argument would be paramount to career assassination. It just rarely happens. In other words, the answer to the argument may still be a negative, but the argument was based on grounded evidence and a solid line of reason, at least from the coach's perspective. It was just presented probably with way too much emotion. Arguments like these as we all know, rarely get heard. Over time, studying, learning, analyzing, and immersing yourself in the game, you're able to respond, argue, defend your philosophies about offense, defense, special teams, things like that, at an instant, and doing so with less emotion and more conviction. Now, back to the baseball in northern Minnesota. It was my first year on the bases, and again, I I love baseball. My true love was football. That's where my focus was, that's where my attention was, and that's what I was immersed in. But I love the game of baseball. My kids played baseball, I played baseball. I, 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 it's a wonderful game and I love watching it. It's, it's, it's truly America's game. But this was a beautiful spring day in northern Minnesota where the air was crisp, as it always is in the springtime in northern Minnesota. I mean, actually, in northern Minnesota in the springtime, if you're not burning the mound to draw the frost out of the ground... You were shop vacuuming the infield, spreading or spreading a truckload of diamond dry just so that you could play too in what we always considered the coldest season of all sports. I played with a foot of snow on a football field, coached the same game with eight feet snow mounds in the corners of the end zone. I've been to Lambeau Field in December where you need a koozie around your beer just so it doesn't freeze. But standing in the first base box with just a baseball uniform on in the northern Minnesota springtime, I will take all the aforementioned days to that anytime. It's a makeup game, like 50% of all the games in the springtime. 
and we're just playing nine innings instead of two sevens because freezing rain is in the forecast. It's late in the game, around the top of the eighth inning. Nobody can get anything going on the bases until they get a walk and then two, mind you, two pass balls by our all-conference catcher. So it's cold. It's so cold outside that I'm spitting sunflower seeds and they're freezing to my mustache. I, I, the wind is kicking up and it's beginning to spit icicles, you know, just on behalf of me, I believe. Now, all of a sudden, they've got a runner on third with two out. Our pitcher's getting frostbite and fires one off like the reenactment of Bull Durham. Third pass ball of the inning, and we're down 0-1 going into the bottom of the eighth. We exit the stanza 1-2-3, change a couple pitchers in the top of the ninth. I'm sure my left little toe and my right big toe are both going to need amputation. It's so cold, I'm embarrassingly a little distracted. I'm not locked in. We haven't gotten a solid hit all day, and now it's the bottom of the ninth, and our catcher comes to the plate. We do have a runner on second, though, from a walk and a stolen base, but those were followed by a bad bunt and a strikeout. Our catcher, he's a clutch type of guy, always has been. Those two pass balls in the eighth, that was an anomaly. I know deep in my emotional gut that he wants to make a play here, and he's going to come through. On a 2-2 count, he smokes a ball right past the first base, I mean, down first baseline. He reaches the first baseman so fast he barely has a chance to get his glove up, and it rips the first baseman's glove right off his hand. I think it's hit so hard, I expect to see blood from the player's severed appendage protruding from the glove. And now, at this moment, it's lying next to the second baseman. Yikes! I suddenly, I can't believe it. I, it dawns on me, they could make a play. The pitcher is racing toward first base. Our runner on second is rounding third. Our catcher is driving for first. It all seems like slow motion. It's so cold, nobody has that fluid groove so common to the boys of summer. The second baseman's throw, somehow it's a lollipop, and it reaches first base. It's a bang-bang play, and the umpire calls us out. I can't believe it. I'm freezing-ass cold. I want this game to end so I can go and warm up. But for this instance, in this moment, emotionally, not as a rational thinking man who can give an account for what took place, I'm just an emotional volcano. I blurt out, no, 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 in a life-ending emotional scream right in the umpire's face like someone just ate my children for dinner. Our opponents are from a small college in a small town. They've got these four cats sitting on the first baseline all day that had been heckling us. I'd paid very little attention to them until now. They follow my three expletive no's, while well, I'm nearing the personal space of the umpire, of course, with, oh, yes, yes, yes. The game is over. The umpire's pissed because I'm in his grill. The crowd is laughing because of my heckler's perfectly timed response. Our manager is laughing. I'm speechless. I had really put no thought into the purpose of my words, the moment or what I brought to the table as a coach. I was cold and acting purely on emotion. I think this is what Peter is saying when he wrote, be ready to give a reason in season and out for the hope that lies within you. First Peter 3.15. Be in the moment, no matter the circumstances. Have a rational thought process for what you believe. Don't find yourself in a position where you just respond from emotion.
I often think about the last words of Joan of Arc as she was put on trial. And they were trying to trip her up in terms of how she looked at her faith. And they asked her the simple question, are you in God's grace? Now, the outcome of this wasn't going to be forced out at first. The outcome of a wrong answer here was going to put her in a, you know, in a fiery trial. I mean, she was going to be burned to death. But she responded about the question, is she in God's grace? If I am not, may he so put me there. And if I am, may he so keep me. Ain't it so? This is Getting Grit, signing off. I hope you will come visit us at www.gritquest.com. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Hope to see you there soon.